really the goal is just to use our stories to bring veterinary medicine to life for the pet caretakers of the world. Uh, and we're doing it because we believe that educating these caretakers is the most powerful thing that we can do to improve the life quality of all of the pets that we love. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Natalie Keith. Dr. Desai Dame. And this is Vet Tales. Mm-hmm. We are here for another episode. I gave Dr. Dame a couple of choices. <laughs> I was really surprised at which topic he chose. We were. I was debating between doing feline leukemia and FIV. Which mm-hmm. is, you know, cats. Coming up. Stuff, yeah, coming up. We're like, oh, let's research some stats in the area and, like, you know, get our game on for that. Mm-hmm. And so the other option I I brought up to him was I, I feel like it's a really touchy subject because we were going to talk about money. A little bit, yeah. And, and also treatment. And treatment plans and like how do we marry those two mm-hmm. ideas together because you know we all wish everything in veterinary medicine was free mm-hmm. and so we could just do whatever needed to be done without consideration of of a financial impact we don't like as veterinarians as a whole we don't really like to talk about money because it feels invasive it feels confrontational it can be a really sore subject and there's like a lot of misconceptions about it and and so can get emotions high and we so we just like to skim over it but unfortunately it is absolutely still a major part of what we have to deal with every day yeah and in veterinary school now i don't know if the program was a thing when you were going through very short before it was a very Very brief brief. decade (laughs) just flew right by (laughs) when i went through vet school we had a whole communication course that lasted for four years and portion of that course was discussion of what affects your treatment plan Mm -hmm. and there's i think like because everything has points i think there was five points but you know it's the dog's or cat's age you know the the owner's historical experience and this is going to overlap a lot with our euthanasia yeah i was gonna say yeah that's starting to feel very mary gardner yeah and then one of them being financial and our professor looked at us and she was like don't let anyone tell you that like finances don't affect your treatment plan because it does like even though you're about to go to an ivory tower where people are expecting to pay a lot of money like fourth fourth year vet school in the university's hospital you know, people are coming expecting to spend a lot on, on diagnostics. When you get out there, know that that's going to be a factor. Yeah, I mean, it 100% is a factor that causes us to change course at times, even with, you know, the up, upcoming insurance. I think that's why I like insurance so much is because I want to try to remove as much of that financial barrier mm-hmm. between the pet and the client needs and wants um, and and achieving those things. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, why insurance can be so critical. Mm-hmm. And don't get it twisted. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the cheaper option that we end up going with works. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's, and sometimes the very most aggressive, expensive plan isn't a good one. Yeah. You know, it's not when you, because, so that's, you know, some points that Dr. Dame is making that you're considering. Another one that they threw in there was like physical ability yeah. too. Mm-hmm. So like, for example. I tell people all the time. Yeah. We could, we could take a couple of extremes on this and say, okay, well, what about a frisky cat who hides under the bed and scratches the owner every time they have to give them oral medications? That's my cat. Yeah. Salem. I can't. 
Yeah. And so sometimes it's worth the extra, you know, 20 bucks or whatever it is to go, depending on the size of the cat, to go to the injectable antibiotics Mm -hmm. so that you're not trying to give it antibiotics twice a day. And so it ends up being better for the pet and better for the client, but costs a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are things or like, let's say we have a dog that is 180 pound Great Dane with an osteosarcoma and his owners are, you know, in their late 60s. Then doing an amputation for the osteosarcoma to delay metastasis or, you know, because that is standard of care. You know, if you read the, Mm -hmm. not standard of care, it's a bad word for it, the gold standard treatment plan for osteosarcoma is an immediate amputation. Well, that might be a really bad idea for this dog, Mm -hmm. especially depending on which leg it's in, what shape his other legs in and things like that. So physical barriers are a huge one. And then. I think for me, like the thing, so this kind of came on because we had a a client that was kind of misassigning intentions to us. And so it caused me to really go into a a deep train about it. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that the me is that it's a balance between also, so we have the, what the pet needs, right? And the resources the client has, but I also have to support support my staff here and keep the lights on and pay for the bills. And, you know, our our drug companies, a couple of them went up seven to nine percent on across the board on everything. And so we don't have a choice but to have that reflect in our costs. And that's as brutal. You know, it's a brutal juggle as a business owner to feel like I cannot win on all fronts. Like I can't protect the business, provide for the staff take care of the dog and keep the bill, you know, as low as possible. This is an impossible juggle. Everything will, it will always be skewing one way or another, depending on what decisions we end up making. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, so it's a heavy burden to bear, but I I think my goal would be for us, for, for clients to have a better understanding of that background and our intentions in the recommendations we're making and the plans that we're offering and plan B and C and D as needed and why we're why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. And personally, I always try to, unless it's a straightforward situation, I always try to give plan A, B, D, C. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I just did that out of order. <laughs> a, B, C, C, D. I was listening to a podcast this morning and she was like, uh, so A, we have this concern and then two I also have that concern. I was like, oh, I feel you. <laughs> a and two. A and two. So, well, well yeah, A1, A2, B, yeah. B1, B2. With, <clears throat> with the, you know, treatment plans and having multiple, which, again, we've talked about before, those typically, for for me, when going from gold standard is always going to be more expensive. It yeah. just sadly is. And then we can go down that line and... I think we talked about this and this is a lot of overlap, but in the euthanasia discussion, none of those are wrong. And if you, you know, as I'm giving an option for treatment are like, you know, let's talk about that. Can we open that that discussion up? Is there anything else that we might be able to try? Yeah, I'll figure something out for your best situation if you have those concerns. And yeah, with two, with I think what ends up costing a lot and kind of the background of as a veterinarian why we're asking to do those things is diagnostics Mm, yeah i just want to know what's going on so that i can best treat your pet right so that i don't personally i always have the concern of if i don't know exactly what's going on which we don't always find out obviously yeah 
And I'm you can rule out big scary things. Yeah, exactly. And... I'm worried I'm going to treat inappropriately mm-hmm. and and then potentially cause harm. Yeah. Which is not what I want to do ever. Well, yeah, it's a couple of really good examples of that where it's kind of a routine basic thing, but we want to do some you know, relatively minimal diagnostics to make sure we're taking the right choices. Mm-hmm. It would be like bladder infections or ear infections, or I should say suspected, because a lot of times people will think their dog has a bladder infection and it actually just has inflammation. And so improper use of antibiotics creates resistance. And so I guess you could add a fifth balancing beam in here and say, you know, the industry like like pet welfare or animal welfare or human planetary welfare as a whole depends a lot on the choices we make. Um, and ear infections as well, because we have different choices and medications that we use for different types of infections. I had one yesterday, the day before, and the owner thought the dog had an ear infection, but it didn't. And so we didn't actually have one too. Yeah. So they caught it at the inflammation stage because they were listening to the podcast, shout out Julie, and knew the early signs. And so we mm-hmm. actually caught it before an infection existed. And so, I mean, that's your best case scenario. And then your worst case scenario is when you have... A dog that's had chronic ear issues and the owner just keeps applying a random topical over and over again or like uses half the prescription when you send it home the first time and the other half later and you're just creating resistance either in that dog or in bacteria as a whole. That's why some of our medications that we've had for a long time don't work like they used to because of improper usage. So doing something like a urine you know, what do you have to do cultures? You can just do urinalysis. a urinalysis where you're looking for bacteria mm-hmm. on there. And the same for ears, we're just doing a basic cytology. Do we have rods? Do we have yeast? Do we have bacteria? All three? You know, we have a whole podcast on that and yeah. why we're making those choices. Another one is like a coughing dog. Yeah. You know, can we not take the x-ray? Yes. And can I send home an antibiotic? Yes. But then you get that fear that, okay, well, is this bacterial or, mm-hmm. you know, is there a fungal component? And Fungals are the scary. Those x-rays would help now. Or congestive know, heart failure or, or collapse in trachea or, yeah. yeah, I mean, the list. Yeah. So it's it's to help kind of delineate between those potentials and help us make the best informed decision. Really, yeah, it's about like risk reduction, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, I think, you know, we have seen... The best of the best and the worst of the worst. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like I like to use the analogy of, you know, you can drive down the road without your seatbelt a gajillion times and get away with it. But the high, the highway patrolmen out there, the people seeing the ones that didn't get away with it and were were horribly injured or died because that they weren't wearing their seatbelt when they had a wreck. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same thing like you maybe didn't do heartworm prevention on your dogs and got away with it the last three times but i treated 15 dogs for heartworms this month yeah and so it's i think a lot of what we do and what we're deciding is because we realize where this can lead to and we want to cut it off at the pass mm-hmm. and probably pulling back the curtain yeah. i <laughs> natalie has brought this up before in podcasts but i am not the the 15 year veterinarian and so a lot of things are, I wouldn't say I'm fearful or anxious. Well, I am anxious, but I wouldn't say I'm fearful, like in general, but I have a level of, I want to make sure I am doing my absolute best at all times that having that additional information through diagnostics, though they do cost more money, make me more comfortable than I am doing, which I forget, which we've already kind of talked about, but yeah. 
And so now kind of to, to backpedal a little bit, if we don't do those diagnostics, that is fine. And I, yeah. I think that's another thing that we need to talk about. There's some where I will be like, no, like I, I'm going to twist your arm until we do that diagnostic. But then there's going to be other things where I'm going to go, that's fine. Like mm-hmm. we'll, we'll treat, come back in a day or two if we're not doing better. Commonly, I feel like that is going to be the vomiting dog. Mm-hmm. where some or diarrhea. Or diarrhea where, you know, we're commonly just going to treat that patient now, if you're a two-year-old golden who's vomiting five, seven times in one day, I'm going to be like, no, 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 we have to take an x-ray. But if it was a couple vomits and I'm like, hey, I'm going to offer this x-ray today and you are like, let's just try to treat it like it's gastritis, which means inflammation of the stomach. Great. We'll do that. But if we vomit tonight, yeah. you're going to be back here tomorrow morning. Which is, yeah, it's, it's so common. We do it all the time like that. Mm-hmm. So as long as we feel like we're not causing more harm than good then we're totally fine with that mm-hmm. situation. You know, back to the a situation where you're afraid it might be a fungal pneumonia. It's like, okay, well, we can treat medically and see how things go, but I'm not going to give your pet a steroid just in case it's fungal because I could make it worse and I don't know that it isn't fungal. Mm-hmm. So we just, we work with what we do and don't know. Another great example, it, we have a little puppy that just came in yesterday and had a pretty nasty infection going on and it was just a really weird random situation and kind of just popped up out of nowhere and wasn't really on the radar and a really unique case. I actually mm-hmm. haven't seen anything quite like it before, but either. the owner had a lot of other slices of the pie that were causing him grief and he was limited financially what we could do at the time. And I said, I totally get that. In fact, what we can do, you know, because diagnostics are one of the biggest chunks of of money that we end up spending. And I was like, okay, here's what we do know. Here's what we don't know. Here's what I'm going to assume based off of what we're finding. Let's not, we we do need to run a parvo test because that will radically change treatment plan, which was negative. And where we house them. And where we house them for, you know, isolation purposes and so forth. So we did do that, but I said, let's not run the blood work. Let's assume he's septic. Let's assume everything else is functioning fine and let's put your money towards treatment. Yeah. And and I said, as long as you're okay knowing that I am making some assumptions, I am perfectly fine doing that because mm-hmm. I feel reasonably confident that I'm still going to make all the right choices to give him the best shot. Yeah. And healing. And that puppy looks so good today. Mm-hmm. He's not 100%, but I, I guarantee you 75% better than he was yesterday mm-hmm. because the owner was willing to be kind of flexible with this. And he understood we could do these other tests to gain more information, but due to the finances that we're working with today, Let's divert our funds towards treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Which is totally appropriate. It's totally appropriate. Yeah. And then there's that one test that we have to be like, this one we have to do, but the other ones, let's just. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like we, for example, did not run a fecal on him to find out if he has worms contributing to his diarrhea problem because I'm just going to deworm him. Yeah. He needs a dewormer anyway. Dewormer is cheap, easy, and safe. Mm -hmm. Let's just give him one. Let's not waste the money on the fecal. Yeah. Now, that's not a great long-term herd health management mm-hmm. uh, plan. But for this puppy in this moment at that time, he is the only puppy in the house. So that changes things too, because if he had several housemates, then we need to know if worms are a problem. Mm-hmm. But he is the only puppy. So we just deworm him and we move on. Yep, And that saves us our fecal diagnostic cost mm-hmm. and so forth. So it's the weird... Great. Gray. It's a gray area. So. Uh, yeah, it's exhausting mentally to try, again, to juggle 
this balance Mm -hmm. between all these competing needs. Yep. And I would not do that if, you know, thinking of all of the hookworm dogs that we had this summer that were extremely anemic, even though they had been dewormed multiple times, like that, not skipping the fecal is not necessarily an option for us. But in those moments, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is. Because if they have hookworms and they're anemic, bam, that's anemic, meaning don't have a lot of red Red blood blood cells. cells. It's because the hookworms drank it. Yeah. And then some, there's a lot of hookworm resistance. Mm -hmm. Now, this particular puppy wasn't pale. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a huge thing on my radar at the time. Now, if he becomes pale over time or he's still having yucky diarrhea or we're, you know, seeing other symptoms, then we'll circle back on that fecal. Yeah. But right now it was, you know, get him hydrated, get him on antibiotics, mm-hmm. and get this infection under control. Yeah. So it's a it's complicated, you know. It's it's a it's an it's emotionally tolling, I think, too, you know, because we're trying to keep everyone's best interests at front of mind, which is a lot mm-hmm. to to balance. So anyway, yeah, yeah. You know, I think the, the other really big point I wanted to make is that, you know, we don't, we're not judging people if they cannot do what they wish they could do. Mm-hmm. We have, first of all, it, if there's something you want to do for your pet, we will seek high and low for ways to figure out how to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't bother us a bit to do it. If you're in the battle, we're in it with you. It's, it's sort of how I see it. And and so, you know, if you're ever in that position where you want to do something and you can't financially or physically or emotionally or whatever, we're just going to meet you where you're at and and help you reach your ultimate goal, whatever that might be. We're helping you by helping your pet and giving you the information you need. Mm-hmm. So and for, you know, for all the clients that that tell us thank you for that, you know, we're that goes so far with this because we get a lot of hate on it. You know, I mean, I, I got a couple of pretty nasty verbal attacks this this last couple of weeks about, you know, people saying we only care about money or, you know, I can't believe you're going to let my pet die over finances. And it's like, no, we've provided you with so many options to, to you know, you've got to also put some skin in this game. But also, you know, we haven't always been the best at, at being super thorough, I guess, in presenting like, okay, we need to use this medicine. This medicine costs $41.28. Yeah. You know, sometimes we're just Breaking like, here's your medicine. Yeah. yeah. And so, cause it just, we forget sometimes. To us, it's routine, but to somebody exactly. else, it might not be. That's exactly and what so it is. Justifying why we have to, why we have to, or highly recommending something it, because we're, you know, seeing five ear dogs a day and you know 20 skin dogs a week or more it's really easy to to forget okay yes this is why i was choosing this and Mm -hmm. just to sit down and be like this is why this antibiotic is you know what what i'm recommended in this situation yeah yeah because it does feel very routine to us at some point and we forget that maybe it's not which is why you know you started this podcast too absolutely because i've been able to you know Oh, it's tough. This is like an emotional podcast. I know. I told that's why, that's why I didn't think he was going to pick this one. It it's it's tough when you know you have critical patients in the treatment room waiting on you, and you have you're consoling somebody in another room, and you're run into a skin room. You're just as important in the skin room, and so your dog with a skin or ear infection. But it's tough when you're trying to work with more critical things. 
to sit down and spend time with the people who are here for something simple in quotations like mm-hmm. skin or ears. And yeah, it's easy for us to just get kind of like glossing over that, yeah, which is why I'm glad you made this podcast because I've been able to say, hey, I just sped through a whole yeah. two, three hour discussion with you about skin and ears. Here's the podcast card. Yeah. <laughs> like, please listen to uh, it. Yeah, processes on your own time in your own space yeah. when you've when you've got when you don't feel like you're just getting blasted with information because it's a lot. And-, and sometimes we say we see like let's say for example. You have three ear dogs in a day, mm-hmm. which is not unusual. Sometimes I can't remember what I said to which cl- Did I say all the words to you or did I just start and then stop? Or did we skip the part about this? And I can't remember sometimes which parts of that discussion I've already had mm-hmm. with it, with the new person versus the last person. And it's, I mean, it doesn't make it okay that we have forgotten to go over something, but certainly... I hope my hope is to at least explain our perspective on things, because I think if you can just like step into somebody else's shoes, even if you don't go the whole mile, it makes it a whole lot easier to to recognize that we're on the same team together. Mm-hmm. And for the justification of financial financial burdens that occur with those, because like ears can be financially burdened. Yeah, which is why we are so aggressive about prevention on it's mm-hmm. like first ear infection. We're like, hey. Get here's, ready. Here's what you need to get yeah. ready for because we want to head these off at the pass. Because mm-hmm. like, you can use every ear mm-hmm. medication in our building and still not get it to resolve. and that, Or it resolves and comes right, right back. back. And then you have to talk about the food. So, yeah, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah, it is. Especially because I think, you know, for example, UTIs or ears are great examples where they look clinically the same. You know, there's, you know, with a, with a UTI dog or, or cat, we're straining to pee. There may be blood, right? Going out frequently or going to the litter box frequently. That looks the same as a non-bacterial cystitis, a or sterile a bladder cyst- stone, or a bladder or a stone, bladder cancer. They all. Look oh the same. gosh, bladder cancer. Mercy, help us. Yeah, and and the ears. It's this. You know, well, he had the same infection two months ago. Why? You know, why do we need to do cytology again? Well, because we don't know what's growing in there this yeah. time. I mean, I I shake shake my fists when. Not at the client, but at the ear cytology. Yeah. Because <laughs> a client will come in two weeks before. It'll all be cocci, which are a bacteria, which go listen to the ear podcast. And then they'll come in for their two-week recheck, and I'll look at the slide, and it's all yeast. So I killed all the bacteria, but the yeast was like, ha laughing at my treatment. And so I'm like, great. <laughs> I'll see you back in two weeks. Here's yeah. a new medication mm-hmm. because we've treated the bacteria, but then the yeast said, look at all this real estate. It knows how I can move right on in. Yeah. And then that's a fine, that's expensive. I mean, we get that. It is. And it's, it's frustrating for us too, you know? I would wish more than anything that I would not have to see your dogs three times in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wish it could, like the bladder infection dogs, at least you treat them and they behave themselves Mm -hmm. after that. You don't see these recurrent chronic, I mean, very rarely do you have dogs with chronic recurrent bladder infections. But ears, it's like no joke. And I usually, after the the first recheck, or yeah, the first recheck, when I do the cytology again and it's all messed up, I'll walk in and it'll be like, I don't want this to be the case either. (laughs) I need you to know that I don't want to see you in two weeks, but you're going to have to come back. I I, I tend to open mine with, I hope we're still friends after I die. (laughs) I'm like, I'm, you're not going to like what I have to say. Yeah. I don't like it either. And another one is like thyroid cats. 
or thyroid dogs where I have to have them come back to recheck their thyroid levels. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but it's like trying to turn the knob in a shower. Yeah. Just like you want it, you need to get it just lukewarm and you're just yes. too hot, too cold. Yes. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't want to see you either. I, I really don't. And yeah. I know this is expensive. Yeah. At least the Libres. I mean, if they could get like a thyroid uh, oh, Libre, please. that would be amazing. It'll never happen. It will never happen. It doesn't work like that. But because we had to jack that from human medicine anyway. <laughs> Hyperthyroidism in people isn't really a thing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Unless you have a thyroid cancer, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Even then, I feel like people get hypothyroid. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not, a peop- I'm not a people doctor. Me either. But dogs are hypothyroid. Yes. And cats are hyperthyroid. Yeah. So different podcasts. Yeah. We should definitely do hyperthyroidism in cat. I wanted to do, I want to do a <clears throat> endocrine podcast. With hyperthyroid, hypothyroid. We put yeah. up Addison's and Cushing's. I just had an Addison's case. I think I'm waiting on the lab results. Oh, yeah. There's no way that dog's not going to be Addison. But. And he responded so good to treatment in mm-hmm. the meantime. So mm-hmm. his name is also Max, mm-hmm. just like my dog. Yeah. And we have another Max in hospital. Mm-hmm. It's a very common, common name. We're like Big Max, Little Max. My sister married a man named Max. So it's so fun when we're all like together and my dog is out in the backyard. <laughs> like, Max, get in here. And he's like, <laughs> I'm like, sorry, in my head, they sound very different. <laughs> it doesn't sound like I'm saying the same name in my head, but outside they sound very much like Max and Max. <laughs> <laughs> anyway all right cool so it's yeah i guess it's a heavy topic and so at least we've got a little bit of chuckles in today because it's something that my i guess my hope is that is that? that is the water cooler not a toilet <laughs> i need you to know yeah i was like does no one really just flush the toilet i'm hopefully hoping my background filter will will take that sound out and then you'll just be wondering what we're talking about but <laughs> my hope i guess is that <laughs> You know, we we work heavily on remaining compassionate towards the humans that own these pets. You know, obviously, compassion for pets comes pretty naturally for us. But compassion for the humans is, I think, what sets us apart here, or at least my heart in it and what I'm striving for us to have and to be is you know, very aware of our clients' needs and wants and and struggles and to be with them in that in that space and so my hope is that you know somebody will hear this podcast or watch this on facebook and extend us the same courtesy and when they don't like the estimate that we're presenting or whatever you know the cost of a surgery their dog has to have just to remember that you know it's not like we're you know i i drive a car that is old and in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've been in it. Yeah, it's she's she's a a solid piece of equipment though. I love that car and I will drive it till the wheels fall off. But my point is, is we're not just we're not it's not you know our pro- profit margins in veterinary medicine are extremely low. And we have to be very very cautious with how we spend our funds. And I I have like to be really transparent, I have a lot of nerves about we're getting ready to move into a new brand new building. And I'm really anxious that a lot of clients are going to start making comments like, I guess you're charging this much so I can, you can pay for your ba- brand new fancy building. Not that I haven't already heard those comments before because I have. But th- those things hurt deep to people. You know, we're just people. And and to be really, again, transparent, we're not, we didn't take on more debt by rebuilding this building. We had a great insurance provider who was there when we needed them out of a circumstance that we had no control over. 
And so, yeah, our building will be new, but we we did not increase our debt load with it so that we are not passing on expenses to the client. And so, you know, my hope is that just this information helps the general public be more aware of the battle on our side of the exam room table and what we're facing because we want the best for you. We want the best for your pet. We want our, our staff to be you know, also able to make living wages and, you know, feel like they are doing a positive impact in our community. I mean, all those things are important to us. So we're just hoping that when we meet you in the middle, you're meeting us in the middle too. Yeah. And I guess what I challenge all with as clients and as owners and caregivers to your pets, bring those concerns to us. I mean, when you're in the room, Mm -hmm. just be like, hey, like this is what I'm working with because I'm a budgeter yeah, and I get that. And then just be like, hey, this is what I'm working with. And I'll be like, great. Yeah, it was so helpful to us. When When I get told that, I go, yes. Like Mm -hmm. I know what I can do then. And I'll just be like, bam, this is what we're working with. Here's, let's do it. Yeah, and we went 100% rather you bring those things up right away, even before we've even done anything, then, you know, then call us back a week later and tell us that you were upset that you had to buy an expensive antibiotic. Because if we had known in that moment that it wasn't something you were comfortable with, we could have been like, okay, well, here's here's another option. We can do this. This is the trade-off. Here's the con. The pro would be that it is cheaper. The downside is that there's, you know, a 20% higher likelihood we're going to have to extend that antibiotic or whatever the case may be. So at least you are, you know, able to make that decision risk analysis for your for yourself. Um, so we we have no problems at all. I mean, just like that puppy um, that came in, he came in and he said, here's how many dollars I have to spend on this. What can we do? And I was like, yep, I get here's what I now that I know what I'm working with, I'm going to start working my way down this path with you and that's going really really well um and i had one i had a, a parvo puppy on saturday that you know i went over i made like three or four estimates mm-hmm. and i was like here's what we can do and i was like here's why i think you should because financially she was like we cannot hospitalize and i was like that is fine that is fine yeah. we're gonna get through this i was like but we do have this new drug that's a monoclonal antibody for parvo puppies and it is pretty freaking amazing it really it's is been it's game revolutionizing game changer definitely for the outpatient parvo puppies yeah. so the ones that are going home and i was like if you can just spread it to get to that i think that we have a good chance and that puppy's doing amazing yeah so and was a, a able to avoid hospitalization because yeah. you can still always say and if we're not doing well in 48 hours Think maybe we back. can yeah pick up where we left off if we have to she caught it early which yeah. parvo is tricky because you Oh, yeah. As such it gets worse before it gets better. A nasty little. But with the monoclonal antibody, that puppy's been doing great. So. Yeah. So just being up front with us, you know, and I'll still take it two weeks later. If, you know, if you're like, man, I just still don't feel at peace about this. I feel like I wish I'd have had this experience be different. I still value that feedback so much. It's just I'm a little more limited on what I can do to resolve it. And the worst case scenario is that you just don't <laughs> say anything. And and then we are aware of your, you know, situation. And that's that's the last thing we want. And my hope is that now you are more aware of our situation so you can be more transparent with us as well. Because really trust and communication is is all that we have here on this planet to to try to figure out how to work together. And so that's really what we're what we're aiming to provide to you, even if we fall short, and what we're hoping to receive in return. Yep. So anyway, yay for having all of our wonderful clients. And 
for choosing us. If you aren't our client because you live somewhere far away or, you know, whatever the thing is, I'm glad you have a... My what? cousin listens in Florida. <laughs> I love that. I actually have seen, we have like (laughs) seven different countries. People in seven different countries have listened to the podcast, which is super interesting to me. She texted me and she was like, I'm listening to your podcast. Yeah. Uh, Her dog, her dog was diagnosed with Addison's and she was texting me about it. And I was like, check for Addison's. That's so funny. (laughs) They did. And it it was so rare too. So rare. But anyway, yeah. So, and this, I feel like this information can be helpful to you no matter where you're at. Cause I, I know that, that we are not the only clinic that's that's juggling these very same things and you know wherever you may be whatever client you may be at a different veterinary hospital i'm sure you've had these thoughts too and so hopefully this just allows us to be you know again more transparent and um, more compassionate with each other and just that open line of communication is is everything yeah also it's my aunt not my cousin Guys, I'm tired. I did not sleep last There's, night. The I funny can't part like... about it is that like only this aunt slash cousin would have known he was wrong, but he, had to text he her. was wrong. He's and... gonna listen. So <laughs> but I have to text her. He has to correct himself every yeah. time. Uh, anyway, okay. All right, we just gotta go see some other rooms. But if nah, you guys no. huh? I said I need to take a nap, but that's not gonna happen. Yeah, I mean <laughs> not. Until after 6 p.m. And then we'll call it a nap. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to sign off. Y'all have a good one. Bye.